Reddit versus Wall Street last year and, you know, how the crowd really moved the needle. You know, that's really part of where this comes to even maximize the returns in is that if people own these businesses in their community, they're going to be customers there. They're going to tell their friends and family to go there. It's going to be part of their community, even more so than a franchise traditionally is. On this episode of Early Bird, Kenny Rose, founder and CEO of Franchares. Kenny joins the podcast today to talk about passive franchise investing for the average investor, including the benefits and risks. If you're an investor looking to stay on top of the latest market trends, then you're listening to the right podcast. This is Early Bird, and I'm your host, Stephen Lerner. Before we get to today's discussion, Let me tell you where you can save time and beat the market through Early Bird, a free daily email newsletter featuring commentary about the latest trends in stocks, cryptocurrency, and equity crowdfunding. Early Bird is designed to help individual and non-professional investors stay on top of all of the critical investing trends. The newsletter is 100% free and is sent to your email box each weekday morning. Subscribe to Early Bird for free at www.earlybird.email. Once again, that's earlybird.email. And now, today's discussion. All right, Kenny, welcome to the Early Bird Podcast. How are you doing? I'm living my best life, Stephen. Thanks for having me on. Well, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. I'm very excited. We're going to talk about shares and how... The average investor can make a quick investment um, in franchise investing and then and everything that's associated with it. But uh, before we start that, Kenny, uh, real quick, if you give us a brief 30-second Reader's Digest version of your biography, that would be great. You got it. So about 10 years ago, I made a bold decision to get out of the world of finance. I was an advisor at Merrill Lynch helping people you know, grow and maintain their net worth. And uh, you know, saw robo advisors coming up. Uh, I saw the market changing. Wanted to see what else is out there, and I got used to the world of franchising, which you know, I thought like everyone else, like McDonald's, Subway, Taco Bell, and found out that they franchise just about every industry you can imagine. And um, you know, went down this road of franchise brokerage, which is kind of like being a realtor or financial advisor for helping someone buy a franchise. Mm-hmm. And I was with the world's largest brokerage for a number of years and eventually went out and started my own brokerage, a company called Semphia, and focused a lot on educating people in franchising. So I got fo- uh, featured in Forbes, ABC, Business Insider, mm-hmm. American Express's blog, reached uh, over 300 million people. And kind of kept hearing the same problem that people wanted to invest in franchises, but not actually put the work up or they didn't have enough money to put up. And so that's what led me to launch Franchares, which allows anyone to invest in franchising for as little as 500 bucks. And we were funded uh, a VC fund fund last year by Chicago Ventures, where I'm based, actually. Mm. And so we're uh, just in the middle of launching right now. So it's very good to be here. No, well, congratulations. Yeah, you're just get, you know, getting off the ground in May 2022. So, so we're, we're getting you um, right here on the ground floor of when Franchares is launching. Um, so, so real quick, what, what exactly is Franchares in a nutshell? Yeah, so Franchise lets anyone invest into a whole diversified portfolio of franchises. So you get a hedge against inflation, diversify your portfolio, earn passive income. 
and really helps you diversify, not just by getting into franchise ownership, but diversifying by different industries and different geographies. And you know, allows you to add this asset class to your portfolio that you couldn't really have before. So we do crowdfunding just like you might have seen with Fundrise or Masterworks or Rally, but you know, for franchise ownership instead. Yeah, yeah, I I do a lot of those alternative investing. I do Fundrise, and if 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 you listen to the podcast and the early bird newsletter, you know, uh, equity crowdfunding is a big part of what is covered um, in the commentaries. Um, and I, so I think it's interesting. You have franchise shares. You don't need to be an institutional investor, right? Anybody can invest in in the U.S., right? So our initial portfolio that we just launched right now is for accredited investors only, but our next fund coming out in August is going to be available to anyone. Got it. And, and so any average investor in the U.S. and starting in, let's say, August can invest, and it's as little as $500? Yep. Nice. Uh, so... Uh, what, tell me, what what are the benefits of, of, you know, franchise investing? I'm sure our listeners are familiar with some of these alternative investing vehicles out there, whether it's, uh, you know, you can invest in wine or art or real estate or equity crowdfunding or crypto or any of these other alternative platforms. What What are the benefits of franchise investing? Yeah, that's a great question. So for one, I think one of the most popular things uh, our investors really like about it is the passive income side of things. Mm. People are always looking to add different income streams to their portfolio because frankly, they don't want to work forever and they want their money to start working for them and pay their bills for them. And that's where franchising really comes in because it's not like you're hoping for dividends coming off a stock. You're actually getting cash flow based off the performance of the businesses. So the closest thing that you can find is real estate. But to me, honestly, it's some that real estate's something that's getting uh, really overpriced very quickly. And you see more and more institutional money moving into it. I heard, read somewhere recently that one in seven single family homes is owned by institutional capital. Mm. So franchising is this great way to get passive income, but not get caught up in the high prices that are going on. You also get a really great hedge against inflation. You know, if you think about like the two main areas people read inflation is the uh, producer's price index and the consumer price index. And franchising falls right in the middle. You know, as soon as producers are raising any prices, franchises have to raise their prices too. So it's not like the rest of the stock market world where you're kind of getting caught up months or years after the fact that you didn't make as much. Franchising adjusts accordingly because they have to pay, they have cash flow, they got to pay bills. And so, um, and then finally, the last one would be just pure diversification. You know, it's always important to get into different types of asset classes. Don't put all of your eggs in one basket. And franchising is one that I can guarantee 99.9% of your listeners do not have in there. And it's always good to just add these new uh, asset classes that you can also do research on, too. Um, most people aren't very familiar with that. Franchising is actually regulated by the Federal Trade Commission. And it's really a means for consumer protection and transparency. So you can actually look things up about franchises like who the leadership team is, what the company's track record is, have locations been opening or closing, what did it cost to start a location, and even uh, see what locations could make. Nice. I see all those benefits. So for franchise, uh, are you investing in an individual you know, franchisee or are you investing in uh, like the corporate company that offers franchise opportunities? So actually neither. I'm going to throw you a curveball there. Ooh. You see, um, what Franchise does is we invest into locations that we actually own ourselves. 
<coughs> excuse me. So we, our fund is actually the franchisee. So instead of investing into single operators that you're not sure how well they're going to perform or the parent company that doesn't see cash flow as often as the franchises do, you get right in between there. So we actually hire our own management teams and build out other parts of our management structure so that we are the franchisee. We don't have to see, you know, hope a manager's not going to walk out one day. It's all under one roof here. Nice. Got it. And, and is it is it equity or is it more of a debt-based investment? Equity. Everyone loves good old ownership. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's all equity-based. Equity. I think down the road we'll do some uh, debt-based ones, but that's uh, further down the roadmap for us. Nice. So, But is it just uh, the value of the investment over time? Are there dividends? How, do, how does that work? Yeah, so there's uh, – well, really both. So first off, uh, you – there's cash flow for it, as I mentioned. So we pay quarterly dividends based on performance of all the franchises. Yeah. But then at the end of the term, we end up selling the portfolio. So, um, you know, our target uh, buyers are typically going to be private equity. Uh, private equity, if you've got 20 plus locations, they will buy that from you immediately. And they tend to overpay because they're not looking to maximize the cash flow. They're looking to beat what's going on in the market at the time. Yeah. And so they tend to be able to pay higher multiples. So you get both the cash flow as well as the equity appreciation. Nice. That's that's very good to, to hear um, that you get both of those things. And, and time horizon, how long are investors required to keep their money tied into it? Or can they take well, their money out any time? Yeah, so every fund's going to be different, obviously. But the one that we are doing right now is a five-year fund. Nice. And you know, uh, we, we will have a trading platform up there. So eventually you will be able to, you know, trade your position if you do need to. We always tell people though, like you're going to get the most benefit when you hold on to it, the duration of it. But we know things happen and sometimes people need liquidity. So we want to be able to help facilitate that as best as we can. Interesting. So, so we talked about the benefits of a franchise of, of franchising and especially with franchises. but well, what are some of the risks and, and cons associated with it? Yeah, I mean, so when I think about risk with franchising, I, I take it to be the three Fs. Uh, there is the franchisor, the franchisee, and the finances. And you know, we try and make sure that we're reducing these risks at every turn. <laughs> so for one, the franchisor, you know, a lot of people who buy franchise, if you ever heard a horror story of someone lost their money on franchising, a lot of times it's because they didn't actually vet the franchisor they worked with. You know, they read an article about this brand that's up and coming or they saw a location down the street and just assumed, oh, yeah, they can replicate that. It'll be a no brainer. But they didn't actually research who the people behind it are and their experience in franchising. They didn't compare it to other brands and even other industries. You know, just because you decide you want to be a franchise owner is one thing, but finding the right brand is very important for you. And especially in the right industry, most people go straight to looking at food franchises. That's all they're familiar with, mm. but franchising covers over a hundred different industries. So they're missing out by not really comparing their options. I'd say the equivalent is if you were buying real estate, you walked into the first open house you saw and wrote a check on the table. Mm -hmm. And so when you don't actually compare and vet these franchisors, you can make a really bad decision. And so that's really where my experience in the franchise industry comes into play here is that I've worked with over 600 different brands over the years. And so not only do we know great brands, but I also have a proven method of being able to vet and select the right brands for us. Um, the next one being the franchisee. You'd be amazed how often franchisees don't actually want to follow the system they bought into. Everyone knows a way to do it better, and you know they start getting a little ego up in there, and they just think that they should stray away from the playbook. But that's not why you got into franchising. You want to follow the playbook and really use the systems in place that are there for you. And it also kind of ties into the finance financial side of things, where 
you know, a lot of people, they tr- this is usually their biggest investment since they purchased a home. And so they try and think, where can I save money? You know, they're looking at, oh, grand opening market. You know, I could shave 10, 15 grand off there. Oh, a manager or GM, I could find one that'll do it for 20 grand less. And they think they save themselves like 30, 35,000, but really they just ruin their whole investment because they're just trying to save money now instead of looking at the long term. And so we really look at, you know, thinking about this from an entire fund structure. It's, we're not looking at how do we cash flow earliest. We're looking at maximizing the ROI over the entire life of the portfolio. So we want to invest heavily into those areas instead. Good concept. When we return, we'll hear from Kenny about alternative investing and what it means for average investors in today's market. But first... Let me tell you or you can become a more informed investor through Early Bird, a free daily email newsletter. Early Bird has commentary on the latest events and trends in stocks, cryptocurrency, and crowdfunding. With Early Bird's daily weekday email, investors can quickly stay on top of the trends and beat the market. Subscribe to Early Bird for free at www.earlybird.email. Once again, that's earlybird.email. And now... Back to today's discussion. So, Kenny, uh, today we're talking about uh, franchise franchises and franchising for retail investors. How they can, you know, expand their portfolios this way. Uh, you mentioned those three F's before. When, when, you know, talking about risk. Um, I, there's one other F that comes to my mind with franchising, and that that's failure. About half of franchises fail. Um, I know you mentioned earlier about how the federal government can. You know, they, there, there are certain regulations, but those regulations are very loose. Most franchise corporations don't have to give you, they don't have to disclose all of those details. They can be very limited in the information they do disclose. Um, is that a risk or concern that you think the average retail investor can take on? Well, for one, it's definitely important to make sure you're looking at franchisors that do give out that information. If they're hiding it, then it's someone that you don't really want to get involved with. I also don't know where you've gotten the uh, half of franchises fail figure because I've also had a million people ask me how many succeed and you'll find a million different statistics. So, um, but yeah, honestly, we definitely make sure that we're verifying who the franchisors are. We're talking with other franchisees. We're doing our due diligence and especially like the brands that we have in our uh, upcoming portfolio here that we just launched. Uh, we verified them. I've, I've known them for years and I've spoken to their franchisees for years. So, you know, it's there's a lot of ways to lose money in franchising, but you also there's a lot of ways to make money, too. And that's somewhere where it's why I dove headfirst in this industry 10 years ago. Got it. Uh, I, I believe it was. And let me just make sure I look it up. The the uh, British, the UK British Franchising Association. That's where I got that statistic from. Um <laughs> But yeah, um, yeah, it's, it's a very different world over there. <laughs> got it. And so let's, um, you know, the stock market this year has not been kind to many investors. Um, it's it's gone down. Um, crypto has gone down. It's not been a good year for many investors. Is this really a time where a lot of the average investors out there should start focusing more on, on you know, alternative investing? I believe so. I mean. To be honest, like when I was at Merrill Lynch, uh, this is over 10 years ago now, that was something that we always focused on was that you should have, then we were saying 20 to 30% of your portfolio should be in alternatives because it's meant to be a diversification as well as increase your returns. Um, But specifically like looking at real assets, whether that is real estate, artwork, collectibles, franchising, you know, these are the things that people tend to look at when the markets are going really crazy because, uh, you know, you want to look at things that aren't really so stuck to what the market tells people to do. If everything starts going down, Aussie, 
panic ensues and people's investments can still go down from there. Mm. Looking at real assets, you know, like looking at a gold a, bar, a gold brick a bar. <laughs> Sorry, it's been a very long launch week. <laughs> a, a, a gold brick, you, you know, it's not something that the market's going to scare it to death. It's gold. And, you know, you're holding it for a long term. That's also an important thing to know about alternatives is that you do not look at them at short term. You're not looking at, oh, can I start playing Davy Day Trader uh, while the market's going bad? No, plan on a couple year hold. That's what all term investments are for. They're here to ride the waves, but also like you should be holding on to them the whole time, too. Yeah, alternatives are important. As far as the percentage that one's portfolio is comprised of, of alternatives, I always say, you know, reach out to a financial professional before you make any any major investing decision, whatever platform you choose. I, I kind of that kind of takes me to sort of the, this next big point, um, Kenny. So alternatives are important, and especially in this year when the the, the market seems incredibly risky. Um, but you know, when you look at Franchairs, it's a brand new platform. And you mentioned Fundrise, and then there's all these other platforms out there, including all those equity crowdfunding platforms. Is it not risky for a retail investor to go headfirst into a platform that is just brand new? Well, for one, I will say if you're ever uncomfortable as an investor, like take your time, sit back and wait. Honestly, we're not here to go collect checks from people. We're here to look. I want investors that are with us for 30, 40, 50 years. I want this to be a part of everyone's type of portfolio. Um, but as far as like the climate and launching franchises now, there honestly isn't a better time because of the way that these things can ride recessions, inflation, and pandemics. And it's also part of why we chose the brands we did, like over half of the first portfolios in a waste management franchise. And you know what it does, it helps people reduce the cost of their waste management. Just to give like a quick overview of it, you think about anywhere that's got like construction, manufacturing, distribution, they've all got those giant commercial dumpsters out back costs a ton of money to haul it off every time. So this franchise is called Smash My Trash. They drive this giant rig up and mash everything down in the dumpster mm-hmm. so that the business owner can just keep filling it back up again and you know pay to get it hauled off way less often. So it saves them 20% on their haul off expenses and it's good for the environment. So when you look at that, it's like, yeah, if things are going down in the market, trash is still gonna be around and business owners are gonna try more than ever to reduce their costs. So again, there's reasons that we look at the brands and industries that we do. And also for like it being a new platform, sorry, I didn't want to not answer your point. Uh, for it being a new platform, it's something where we go where there is a game plan in place being the franchise model. And this is literally what they do every day is get new businesses going and help them navigate the way. But then also it's uh, something where, you know, we don't know where real estate's going to go, especially again, as I mentioned, with like things getting overpriced there. But also I think a lot of things have ridden a very bull market the last five, 10 years. And franchising is not something that is going to get overvalued because of that. Uh, you know, it's based on just fundamentals. How much do things cost? What do they make? And what can it sell for? So uh, that's, like I said, do your due diligence for sure. Don't hop into something that you're not comfortable with. But honestly, it's a great time for us to be coming out with this. Nice. So in the future, so, uh, you know, uh, do you see this as uh, franchising as more uh, as something that retail investors are going to be more likely to invest in in the future and 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 comprise a bigger percentage of their portfolios oh absolutely um because frankly i think this solves something that investors have been missing which is tangibility you know i want to be able to go walk down the street get a haircut at a super cuts i own get my oil changed at a mining key i own go eat at a church's chicken i own you know we want to be able to go you actually do these services that we also own it's not just someone else off on wall street 
this is in the community. You're creating jobs. Your friends are working there. Your family's working there. You'll get, and also you'll get like Reddit versus Wall Street last year and, you know, how the crowd really moved the needle. You know, that's really part of where this comes to even maximize the returns in is that if people own these businesses in their community, they're going to be customers there. They're going to tell their friends and family to go there. It's going to be part of their community, even more so than a franchise traditionally is, because I think a lot of times people have this, you know, uh, they call it, I call it the F word for a reason is that people look at it like, oh, franchise. It's like, what do you know about it? It's a small business run by local people. Uh, they just don't like that. It's a brand name that comes from somewhere else. But if it's something that you own, I think they get past that. And it's something that will be a huge part of everyone's portfolio. It's there's cash flow, there's appreciation, there's everything you're looking for investments, but you can also see it. <laughs> nice. Well, I'm sure the future looks bright, especially for Fran shares. Kenny, congratulations on the launch. Um, thank you so much for coming on to the Early Bird podcast and talking about this subject. Uh, before we wrap up the podcast, I just have one final question, and it's the big question for today's discussion. That question uh, for you, Kenny, is if you could have an endless supply of food, what would it be? <laughs> Man, that is an absolute curveball. Um, you know, I, I got to say it'd be pizza. I worked in the pizza shop for five years in high school and college, and I'm a slave to it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Good choice. Thank you again to Kenny Rose for sharing your insights on franchise investing. And thank you to everyone for listening to today's discussion. We'll be back next week for another episode of Early Bird. Have a great day.